Toby in here has got a new patty generator too. Yeah. And I would have been like Toby when they were building those gingerbread houses. Did you see what he was doing? He was eating. <laughs> Amen. He was eating the building materials. We're going to be short a couple two before or something here. Amen. Oh, Mila. Mila. Mm, Mila. Okay, so we're going to keep watching the weather. It's going to be all right. It's December. It's wintertime. It's going to be okay. So as of right now, we still have kids practice after church today till 2.30. Is that right? 2.30 and then choir practice at 4. So if you didn't sign up for the choir, come on anyway. Just show up at 4 o'clock unless we've got a blizzard going on. We have, we'll text you and let you know whether we're going to have practice or not at 4 for the choir. But I hope we can. Okay, so we want to get into the presence of the Lord and the word of the Lord. Oh, also, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, let's see what's going on here. Um, Wednesday night is church. We, got, we just got a lot of stuff. I need to tell you about it. Wednesday night is church at 7. Friday is set up for the, uh, nope, that's the wrong bulletin. Don't look at that one. That's last week's. Yes, Wednesday is church. Thursday is Horizons Christmas program here at 6 o'clock. Friday is food pantry set up, 5.30. Saturday morning, everybody say prayer. We're going to pray one time this month here at 8 o'clock Saturday morning, 8 to 9. So if you, before you go Christmas shopping for those last-minute deals, you better, you, you better have your shopping done before then because it's getting bad out there as far as traffic and people and crazy. So 8 to 9 Saturday morning is prayer food pantries at 9 o'clock. Then Christmas play practice, re- dress rehearsal is Saturday afternoon, 4.30 to 6, okay? We need all the kids here for that so they get all dressed, make sure the costumes don't malfunction. You don't want ma- malfunctioning costumes in church. Amen. And then next Sunday is the kids' Christmas play program, and it starts at 10 o'clock. There are no classes We'll be out by noon, amen. And then Tuesday, December 24th, is the Christmas Eve service, 4 to 5 for that, amen? Y'all happy? Y'all good? Okay, we're going to talk about, and we still are talking about how we got here. Last week, we started with the transfer of power. The ministry of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus shook the world as he took every step that he took. He shook the realms and the worlds of darkness. Jesus did everything that he could do as God, manifest in the flesh. Amen? He was God manifested in the flesh. Can we turn these outside lights up a little bit? Uh, Wake everybody up a little bit. That would be good. Go all the way. Yeah, powerful. Yes. Amen. Caitlin, what was you tasting there, hon? What were they feeding our kids at this party? What was that mixture, Mitchell? What was that mixture that these kids were having to taste? Caitlin? Well, that's what you that's that's what you started out with. Was it pretty rough? Was? Okay. All right. 
So Jesus is rocking and rolling in his ministry. He is bringing down darkness. But he is not going to be on the earth forever. He has come to establish and set up the church. Everybody say the church. That's what we're setting in today. It's not the building. It's what we're setting in and among. You are the church. I'm the church. The church is made, not made up of buildings and cathedrals and, and with, with spirals and, and, uh, and steeples. It is made up of people. Paul said to the Corinthians, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? And so the Holy Ghost now dwells and lives inside of each and every one of us. And as it lives inside of us, we are to do the same works that Jesus did. Last week I alluded to the fact that uh, we're trying and striving to be a New Testament church around here. We wanna, The pattern is not uh, Bible dictionaries and commentaries. But the pattern that we want is what was the church like in the book of Acts? What did the church have in the book of Acts? What did the church possess in the book of Acts that caused it to grow and flourish? And we know that when Jesus ascended into the heavens, all right, when he ascended into the heavens, there was a transfer of power that was to take place. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 He said in verse 5, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And so what he was saying, there's a scripture also that says that uh, he said, I am now with you, but I shall be in you. So Jesus, who was God manifest in the flesh, his body was the sonship. The Bible says, thou shalt bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He is standing there talking to his disciples and he says, I am now with you, but I shall be in you. If you look at the book of John chapter 14, the Holy Ghost is going to come. Jesus said, the the Holy Ghost is going to come to you and he is now speaking to you, but he will be in you. Who was speaking to the disciples in John chapter 14? It was Jesus. So the Holy Ghost is the spirit of Jesus. Somebody said, well, that's kind of confusing, Pastor. What are you talking about there? Let me kind of explain it like this. Water is made up of two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, H2O. We have water. But then suddenly, water will change its, its manifestation. If you apply cold to the water, the water will become frozen. It will become ice. Frozen. You get it? Let it go. Let it go. I'm getting ready for the choir today. I want to stand right over here. I'm going to sing, praise, sway. Never mind. Nobody got that. So when you apply cold temperatures to water, it becomes frozen. It becomes ice, but it's still H2O. It's just in a different form. When you take that ice and set it out and you put it in a glass of water that's already liquid, it's still H2O. What is the ice made out of? The same thing the water's made out of. H2O. When you apply heat to water, eventually it becomes steam. The steam will collect up around the, 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 
range hood of the range, and if it's not ventilated out, it will collect and make the liquid again. The steam is still made of the same stuff. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that this, that God is just like water. He's made out of the same thing. H2O is liquid. H2O is ice. H2O is steam. They're just different manifestations. So the same spirit that hovered over the waters in Genesis when the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the waters is the same spirit that came inside of the disciples on the day of Pentecost. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. There is one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. Yes, Yes. So Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How about that? Tap your neighbor and say, how about that? How about that? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. Who was Jesus praying to in the garden? He was praying to himself. Anybody ever talk to yourself? Those of you who are self-employed, that's a business meeting. And usually the decisions are unanimous. If they're not unanimous, come see me after church. You've got to understand the dual nature of Christ, just like we are dual nature. I am flesh and I am spirit. My flesh is standing before you today. My flesh is in front of you today, but it is made alive and animated, and it has its being by the power of the Spirit from God that came inside of me. One day, my natural man, my flesh, will go back to the dust, but my spirit man will live on forever in the presence of the Lord. Who was Jesus talking to on the cross? He was praying to the Father. The flesh was praying to the Spirit. The flesh didn't want to die. Not many people want to die. When they talk about who's going to be the first one to die, that's when you want to prefer your brother. That's what the Bible says. Let's prefer your brother. You can go. I'll stay back here. Amen. And so on and on it goes. So this flesh was praying to the Spirit. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And then on the morning of the third day, the Spirit of God came back into that body, resurrected that body, glorified that body. And that body then was, was taken up. And, and when, when, Now listen, now watch. We're getting into a lot of theology here. Now watch this. So when he resurrects from the dead, uh, Martha, uh, is it Martha or Mary? Mary Magdalene sees him outside the tomb. And she, he, she says, Jesus, is that you? And he said, Mary only he knew how to say Mary. Now, I don't know if he was like from Jersey or what. Hey, how you doing? Mary, how you doing? And only Jesus knew how to say, how you doing, Mary? But something he said, Mary knew that that was Jesus. And what did he say? Don't touch me. Right? Don't touch me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. What is going on here? He is taking this blood sacrifice. See, now I'm telling you, because now you've got to go back to the Passover. 
Now you've got to go back to Egypt. How did we get on this all at once? Now you've got to go back to Egypt because there was the blood applied to the doors, post, and the lintel, right? And then when the angel of death came across Egypt that night, when that angel of death saw the blood, Brother Randall, he passed over them. Because the blood was the propitiation, it was the atonement for the sacrifice. And when Jesus, he was our, what? The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And he died on Passover. Come on now, somebody. You ought to know this. I'm your pastor. I've been teaching this for 200 years. So why couldn't Jesus, why did Jesus say, Mary, don't touch me? Because the Bible says that a high priest had to purify himself and prepare himself to go into the holy place. And if Mary would have touched him, he would have been pronounced unclean and he would, would have dis, it would have disqualified him from fulfilling the role of high priest. But the Bible says that we have a high priest. Amen. Then the Lord Jesus Christ, he left that grave and he went into the holy place of heaven and he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat in heaven. You see what I'm saying here? The next time you see Jesus, he's walking in the middle of the room. He didn't use a door. He didn't come through a window he just walked right in through the wall and he said hey Thomas I hear you're having some trouble believing that I'm alive here's my hands here's my side go ahead and touch me you know why he could say that because he had fulfilled the office of priest Woo. oh hallelujah that was pretty that was pretty good and then when he fulfilled the law of priests, when Jesus died on the cross, what happened? When Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple in Jerusalem was torn. It was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Now, it wasn't rent from the bottom to the top because man could have said, well, somebody came in there and found a pool. You know, when you find, you got this favorite shirt that you have. None of you have ever experienced this. I experience it. It, it just happens all the time. You get this favorite shirt, and you look down, and there's a pool. And what's your, what's your mom always told you? Don't touch it. You start pulling it, and it's cartoons. You know, it just gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Then there's nothing left. There's that favorite shirt. They could have said, well, there was a pool in the, in the curtain of the of the veil and we pulled and somebody pulled it and it just ripped from the bottom to the top no god said i'm going to tear it from the top to the bottom because man will not be able to get a hold of the top and rip it like i can amen because you know what god was getting ready to do a supernatural work in the lives of humankind and that's when he said you shall be baptized with the holy ghost and with fire amen and then in verse 8 of acts chapter 1 he said you shall receive power after the holy ghost comes upon you Amen. So here we go. And they saw him go into heaven. Then the infusion came. Now what's the infusion? That's where you get it inside of you. Woo! Well, there you are, sister. You just disappear and just walk back in. Amen. Did you use a door? Did you come through a wall? Okay. I'm just checking to see who I'm living with. Amen. Amen. The infusion. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled. Everybody say filled. Everybody say all. 
All filled. All filled. You ready to talk like a preacher? Say all. Now talk like a preacher. All. One, two, three. We'll work on that. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to do what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the infusion. This is where it happened. This is what Simon Peter had been waiting for. This is where that foul-mouthed sailor was going to get his transformation. You see, just 50 days earlier, he had taken out a sword and had whacked off the high priest's servant's ear. They came to apprehend Jesus in the garden. And then when they grab Jesus, Peter takes out a sword and he cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant, right? And that ear is laying on the ground. Jesus is trying to catch that ear. Come back here. And he grabs that ear and he puts it back on the head of the high priest's servant. And do you know what they said? You talk about pockets of ignorance this guy has just picked up an ear blah, 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 laying on the ground and puts it back on the head of the guy and they say are you Jesus well you know he said thou sayest Sometimes it's so obvious what God is trying to do in our lives. But we have to have that flesh that still says, Jesus, is this really you? Is this really what you want? And he's infusing, infusing power into us today. And each one of us have the ability and the, and the promise of receiving that power into our lives. And so the power of the Holy Ghost came in. And then the disciples became apostles. Now let me give you another lesson here. All right, you, if you notice that all through the Gospels, the disciples were called the disciples. Amen. A disciple is one who is taught. Okay? I am a disciple of this guy. I am a disciple of that guy. I'm a follower here. I, I'm, I'm one who is learning, one who is being taught, a disciple. But immediately after that, in the book of Acts, they no longer call them disciples, but they call them apostles. Because an apostle means one who is sent. Amen? Guess what? We're supposed to be apostles. We need to go out into this world and take the power of the Holy Ghost with us and work in people's lives. You know, a week or two ago, we had, you know, we had a day at Bernie's Barbershop. How'd your day go today, Bernie? Pretty good. Cut about 15 heads of hair. Prayed for God. And his leg grew out. Pretty good day. No big deal. What's he doing? He's employing the power. He's employing the power right there on the spot. I don't know how many times I've had to pray for somebody at Walmart. They say this and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And I'm not, I'm not going to just say, hey, we'll put you on our prayer list. We'll put your name on the back of the bulletin. Let's pray right now. Give me your hand. Let's pray right now. That's what we need to start doing is employing the power in our lives. Amen. So here they employed the power. Peter and John are going up to the temple. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. A lame man is laying there. He's been laying there for a long time, and he's needing money. He wants money. Well, Peter didn't have any money, just like almost all preachers. Most, most preachers don't have any money. 
And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he went into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. Amen? You see how he went in there leaping? You're allowed to leap in here. Brother Randall does. I like it when he gets that leaping going on. Amen. I can't wait to see more leaping around here. I can't, I can't wait to, we have to put up traffic signs. Say so you need to run in this direction. God's not the author of confusion. Amen. Leaping and walking and praising God. This is real. There's no games going on. And we talked about this one. Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5, that they had sold a piece of land. And they said, did you really sell the land for this? And they said, yes. We know the story. Brother Tim here, by the way, congratulations to Brother Tim. Right here. Brother Tim. I don't know where he's at today. He's probably stranded from the storm. Brother Tim graduated with a bachelor's degree over the weekend in criminal justice. Now we just need to pray him get a good job. Amen. Help all those convicts. They need a good Holy Ghost-filled probation officer in their lives. Amen. They need a, a probation officer to say, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Not only am I going to try to help you, but I'm going to get you some Jesus. Amen. Get you some Jesus. Bye, brothers and sisters. See you. Amen. So then Ananias comes in, and he dies, and Sapphira, he, the wife, comes in. She dies, and they had the burying team. Now, guess what? Today's where we're going to start just for a few minutes. I won't keep you long because I'm sure the snow's coming down massively out there. Shadow dancing. Anybody ever heard that song? Shadow dancing. Amy, did you ever hear that song, Shadow Dancing? Yeah, you have. I know you don't remember. It's all right. I'll sing it to you later, maybe. Yeah. Shadow dancing. I heard that anyway. You know what? We can love each other. We old people love people love each other. Right? At one point, your grandparents weren't old. At one point, your parents weren't old. At one point, you didn't exist. But your parents and grandparents did. Shadow dancing. Amen. Acts chapter 5, verse 15. Watch this. Now, so they have just had a, a situation. What am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say here that the Lord has infused power into the church. Jesus is not going to come down and talk with us like he did the disciples. Okay? If there's going to be any Jesus going to talk to you in your life, it's going to be the Jesus in me. I know you're stretching to pull on hold of that one. I know. And the Jesus in you is going to be the Jesus talking to me. And so, we're not going to come home from work one day and say, oh, the lights are on. The TV's on. What's going on? And we walk in and, oh, well, there's Jesus down in the family room. Watching Sports Center. Hey Jesus, how you doing here? How you doing, Jesus? Glad you could come by here on Whitler Lane. 
No, Jesus ain't coming, and I doubt he's going to watch Sports Center. Who knows what he'll watch? What would he watch? He'll have to watch preaching or something. He'd be shaking his head. No, that's not what it meant. Yes, that's good. Jesus is not coming back to our house. The only Jesus we're going to have at our house is a Jesus that we allow in our house through us. Amen. The only people and the only way Jesus is going to get to some people is the people that we decide we're going to pray with and help them. He infused the church with power that the church can go out and touch, that the church can go out and reach. And so here we are today. You come in here uh, once or twice a week, three times a week, six times a week. You come in here and get charged and leave out the door full of the power of God, ready to fight the devil. And the devil's waiting on you. You're the one that goes to work and you know that person's giving you trouble at work and you're just praying that by the time they get there that the oil's still not dripping, dripping off the bottom of the desk that you just anointed. Jesus, don't let them know that I just poured a quart of oil all over this desk in Jesus' name because they're giving me problems. No, you're the only one, though, that's going to fight darkness. You and I are the only ones that are going to fight darkness in the places that we go. When we go somewhere, it's like Jesus is walking somewhere. The people that I touch, Jesus is touching. The people that you speak to, Jesus is speaking through you to them. Are you getting any of this yet? That wherever you go, you take Jesus with you. That was his whole purpose, was to come down in flesh, to die on the cross, and then to distribute his power into our lives that we could begin to tear up darkness in all of our lives. Wednesday night I was teaching a lesson of how people are connected. And it was really interesting because there was there was uh, Brother Art. He was there Wednesday night. Brother Art, they're watching me today. I'm not this heavy live. I'm just telling you. Say, oh, my Lord, Pastor swolled up over the weekend. Watching me on YouTube, television, or Roku, wherever. I'm still the same, Brother Art. We're talking to Brother Art. And I got to thinking, Brother Art, that that whole started, that all started. Brother Art and them came in 2013. But it all started, but it all started through Kirsten. Because Kirsten invited Addie, and Addie came to Fusion to a, one of those youth weekends that we had. And she liked it so well, she's never left yet. Amen. And Addie tells her mom and dad about this church, and they come. And so in Trina's shop, she had a sign that said, Awesome Spirit-Filled Church, Family Worship Center. Well, little did anybody know that seven or eight years before, there was an old couple, I'm sorry, Brother Art, older couple, older couple, Brother Art, sorry, up there in Chicago, that's how he says it, Chicago, up in Chicago that was going to retire. And he wanted to retire someplace that the weather was a little bit warmer, it was affordable to live, and so they decided they bought land down by Carlisle Lake. So God is already moving things around, and the Lord is working through some teenagers who are best friends in school through a fusion, a youth weekend, 
through a resale shop. Art and Dee walk into the resale shop and see the sign because they're down here. They have no family. They have no relatives, blood relatives here, and they're all by themselves. And there was something inside of them that they were looking for some fellowship. You've got to stay in fellowship. What was it God said in Genesis? It is not good for the man to be. That's better, see? I could be I could direct your choir, right? Alone. We have to have each other. We have to have each other. And Ginger, you taught a fantastic lesson today. Seven things that'll get you out of the kingdom. Number, I don't know what number it was, but one of them is you got to be involved in the kingdom. You got to be involved. If you're not involved, you're going to be on the wayside out there. You're going to be on the fringe, and the devil knocks off people in the fringe. You know why the devil hadn't knocked me off yet? Because I'm standing up here by the altar. I'm standing as close as I can to the altar. Acts chapter 18, I'm not going there, or 28, I'm not going there today. Talk about Paul later. But here come Art and D into that store looking to buy some, get find some deals. And they see this, this sign, awesome spirit-filled church. And lo and behold, they started coming to church. And then in February at the Holiday Inn 2014, we baptized them in the pool. Amen. And they haven't left yet. They're still here. And this Sister D cries and she says, you all are my family. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that God infused power into the church that we can affect, affect people. That we can get a hold of people. That we can love people. You don't know how many people are out there that are lonely today. There are people that are hopeless today. There are people that are depressed today. Well, my God, Pastor, I'm in church and I'm depressed. Well, you've come to the right place. If you're depressed, this is the place to be. Amen. If you're lonely, this is the place to be. If you're not happy with yourself, this is the place to be. Because this is the institution that God has for infused with the power of the Holy Ghost. Love of Christ in Him. Wow. I said all that to say this. So after Ananias and Sapphira, in the same verse, in the same chapter, Acts chapter 5, there's some shadow dancing going on here. Insomuch, Acts 5.15, that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. They were just hoping that the shadow of Peter would be cast on their sick body laying on the side of the road. Now I must take you back to John chapter 14 where Jesus said the works that I do shall you do also and greater than these shall you do we do not have any scripture 
in the Gospels or in the Word of God that ever said the shadow of Jesus healed anybody. But Peter's did. Amen. Why? Because there was a faith in those people that they said, if by the, sh the shadow of Peter might overshadow them, there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. What am I talking about? I'm talking about there's power in the church. I'm talking about we're not living up to our power. We're not living up to the, the God-given privileges that we have been given as the body of Christ on the earth because we are, these are the hands. Everybody do this. Oh, come on, wave at me. Come on, Tommy, you got to wave. That's right. You got to put some motion with it, Tommy. What's these? These are Jesus' hands. Everybody say, ah. We're warming you up for choir. You're going to stand up here and go, Bible, be, be, be. Is that what he did? That's what he did. Laird. Bible, be, be, be. Bible, be, be, be. Right? So when you go, one, two, three. That's the only voice that's going to speak for Jesus on the earth in this community. Yours is the only voice that's going to talk to those people at work, Randall, that I don't know. I've never met him. But Randall's there in the pump house. And he'll say, come on in here. Listen, if Bernie's Barbershop can have a leg grow, we can have an arm straighten up. Amen. Amen. If, there's, if the Lord's doing miracles down there at Bernie's, he can do miracles up here at Randall's Pump Shop. Amen. Are you seeing what I'm saying? It's going to be our lips and our voice that's going to proclaim Jesus Christ. It's going to be our voice that's going to give people hope because we have been infused with the power of the gospel to work. We are the body of Christ on the earth. Now, good old brother Kevin. Brother Kevin got out of first fruits. First of all, I got to say this. That this man loves the Lord. He loves the Lord. And he sat in my office. And we went back and forth discussing what are we going to do. He was homeless. This is before first fruits. You get your ear, your piece? Can you hear me all right today? Huh? You hear me real good? Hallelujah. You feel that? All right. I'm just testing. We said in the office, and we said, Kevin, there's three things that you can do. We went through all of them, and the last one was this. You can go up to Jerseyville for eight months and, and submit yourself to that program and submit yourself to the presence of the Lord. And I said, if you do that, and you come out of there, that eight months could change the next 50 years of your life. 
Well, he went in there in April of 2011 and graduated in December of 2011. I went up for your graduation. Brother Lloyd Carson went up for your graduation. Kevin gets out of the program, and I said, you just come. He said, I don't have anywhere to stay, Pastor. I said, you can come and stay at the church apartment till you get on your feet. Hey, we, we got to help people. Amen? We got to help people. He said, well, I can't pay any rent. I said, you can clean. You can mop. You can. I said, you just can't go up in the attic anymore. Amen. Lo and behold, he starts coming to church, and here comes his friend James. Kevin's like, this is my friend James. I told him about church. Was it his first or second time, Kevin? First time, second time, I see James over here. James has his hands up worshiping the Lord. We go and pray for him. The power of God hits James and he falls back on the floor. When he hit the floor, he was speaking in tongues. Here came James's sister. Here came James's mom. Here came James's sister's friend. I mean, the whole pew started filling up. What am I saying? I'm saying Kevin realized that it was his voice in the church that's going to bring a change and a difference to people outside. If you and I don't talk, nobody else is going to talk to him. If you and I don't touch him, nobody else is going to touch him. We're it. Look at your neighbor and punch him and say, you're it. Tag, you're it. The high priest rose up and all that were with him, which was a sect of the Sadducees. They were filled with indignation. Let me tell you something. Religious people will give you more trouble. Lord have mercy. I'm walking on thin ice today. It's winter time and I'm walking on thin ice. You will have more trouble from religious people than you will a whole truckload of sinners. The truckload of sinners are just glad you showed up. But the religious people, we don't do it like that around here. Now, the Sadducees were a sect of religious people in Jesus' day. There was the Sadducees, there were the Pharisees, and there were the scribes. You ever heard about all three of them? Now, the Sadducees were different than the Pharisees because the Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection, and they did not believe in angels. So they were sad, you see. That's the best way to remember them. They told me that 35 years ago in college, and I never forgot it. They were sad, you see. If you don't believe in angels and a resurrection, you're sad. What are you going to believe in? Amen. So the Sadducees were filled with indignation, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in jail, put them in prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. Isn't that awesome? The religious people put the boys in jail. The religious people don't want, oh, we don't, we don't preach like that around here. Um, this church, we didn't, you know, you grew up in this church. Your great, 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 great grandfather. By the name of Samuel Hill, also known as Sam Hill, right? 
He bought the stained glass windows in this church. In fact, he blew the glass to make the stained glass windows and bought the food coloring to color them. And your Aunt Ida May, she lived to be 112 years old. She bought 14 pews in here. And now you're going to go to that church that they're all speaking in tongues. You go to that church, uh, they act like crazy people. Well, they got to have an interpreter. That's not what it says in the book. Listen, Grandma Ida May served the Lord in the best way that she knew how. Great-great-grandpa Sam Hill did the exact same thing. They worshiped and served the Lord in the best way they knew how. But guess what? When I was lonely and undone, when I was empty inside and didn't have any hope, the only thing I knew is one somebody came along my way and said, you need to try the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I lifted my hands and said, Jesus, if you can help me, somebody get a hold of me. And lo and behold, here it came. And I spoke in tongues. Hallelujah. And now I'm on my way to heaven and I'm singing as I go. Hallelujah. And all I know is I once was lost, but now I'm found. I I once was blind, but now I see. I didn't have any hope. Now I got a lot of hope. I didn't have any power over sin. Now I got all kinds of power over sin. Hallelujah. Sometimes you need to try what I've been trying. And the angel of the Lord busted them out of prison. You can't let religious people talk you out of what God's trying to do in your life. Oh, we could just shut down and go home right now. You cannot let religious people talk you out of what God is trying to do in your life because God may be trying to do a new thing in your life that your family has never, ever experienced in its whole life. And it may turn you inside out and revolutionize you. It may make you a better man. I know one thing. My old granddaddy said this. I don't know what happened to Tracy at that youth camp, but he's a much different boy than he used to be. Hallelujah. I tell you what it was, Pap. It was the baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. It was that baptism that came in. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he hasn't to this day. And that's been 30, almost nine years ago. Now look, the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought him out and said, you guys go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Why? Because it's well worth it. It's well worth it. Let's all stand. I'm getting you out of here because there's a blizzard coming. Amen. No, I don't think there is. Just get your milk and bread. Heat up your milk. I'm going to tell you how to do this. You put the bread, you put the bread on the plate, and you heat up the milk, and you pile about three inches of a mountain of sugar on top of that piece of bread. And you pour that hot milk down over that. Jesus, have mercy. I'm going to tell you, you drink that, you'll never eat that. You'll never be the same again, Dottie. You will never be the same again. There's power. God wants to give you power. Shadow dancing. The very shadow of Peter turned the world upside down. The very shadow of Peter healed lives. The very shadow of Peter just passing by changed lives forever. Why? Because the church is being infused with power. The church is being infused with the power of God. And God wants to do this and work in our lives. Amen? Lift up our hands. Let's talk to the Lord just for a moment. Lord, in the name of Jesus right now. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
God, let your word sink deep into our hearts and our lives today. Help us to realize, Lord, that no matter what somebody may say from the past, that you have a dynamic future waiting on us. Help us to realize, Lord, that as we walk through this life, you want to empower us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You want to empower us with the power of the Holy Ghost, with the power of your spirit, Jesus. The Holy Ghost is the same spirit that hovered over the waters in Genesis. The Holy Ghost is the same spirit that moved into Simon Peter's life on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit now lives in my life. Lord, and it lives in all of these believers' lives. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that, God, you would just stir up the gift. Everybody say, Lord, stir up the gift. Lord, stir up the gift of God that was given to us with prophecy and the laying on of hands. And God, move in this place in a mighty way. Let this church become a Holy Ghost dynamic power source in the name of the Lord. Let this church become a dynamic spot in the spirit realm where people that are suffering in darkness can come and be delivered, where they can come and be set free, where they can come, God, and be moved on by your presence and by your power, Lord. Lord, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that your power would fall on our lives personally. Hallelujah. Eat up and God take away all the, all the sin and all the corruption in our lives. We repent of that in the name of Jesus. Let your power, Lord, flow through our clean vessels. Let your power, Lord, flow through our clean vessels and let it begin to be effective, Lord, in Walmart and let it be effective at Dollar General and let it be effective on our job. And let it be effective, Lord, wherever we go. Let us take the power of the kingdom with us in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now give the Lord a hand praise. Would you do it? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the power of the Lord infused in the church. We have more to talk about. We got a whole book of Acts to talk about. I'm telling you, the church in the book of Acts was one dynamic example of what church is supposed to be. But the problem is through the years, the enemy has come in and dumbed it all down. And the reasoning of man has come in and tried to explain this away and explain that away. And you don't need to do this anymore. You don't need to do that anymore. But amen. I believe I'm with some people that are hungry for a move of God. Anybody here hungry for a move of God? If you're hungry for a move of God, give him another one more praise. If you're hungry for a move of God, one more praise.